Welcome to the weekly message from Rama Family Church. It is our hope that as you listen to this message, you will come to know Jesus better and be established in your faith and equipped for the work of the ministry. You can view the sermon notes and listen online at rhema.org.au forward slash media. I have a testimony to give you before we get into the word today. And uh, there's, there's a gentleman named Tenfor. He's a strong, he kind of like uh, was a biker, uh, a Maori, a big Maori from New Zealand, biker. And uh, he came a few weeks ago and he came up, you know, and I always think, okay, man, I won't mess with you. And uh, we call him Ten, his nickname is Ten Four. And, he, and then he tells me, he said, hey, I got a bad report, you know, and sometimes you think those big strong guys don't get bad reports. And he said, I, you know, it's, it's the C word, which we all know that that's cancer. And he said, and I, and I was sitting, I, I, I was gonna watch online, then, but the Lord said, come. And he, he sat back there, I saw him, and, and I mentioned some things about healing. Something happened in his heart, and he came, that he wanted to come up, and we, we, we laid hands on him. And uh, one of our uh, ministry team was up here with me. I don't even remember who it is, because, you know, we, we give all the glory to God, but we both laid hands on him, and he said, and I said, have you been tested yet? He said, oh, I got the one test, but I'm going back for another test on Monday or Tuesday. So he went back for the other test and praised the Lord. Uh, he, he received a clean report, no cancer. And so Jesus is the healer. He has not stopped healing, and he's still healing today. And I love to hear those testimonies. And uh, so that's one way that Jesus heals, by the laying on of hands. And so tonight, in the, when we stream... I'm going to minister on a different way that he heals. So you'll want to hear that too. Praise the Lord. Uh, let's get into today's message. And so I'm going to just pray. Father, I thank you so much. I thank you for the privilege to serve you. Uh, I thank you, Father, for Australia. Uh, Lord, for I just today, I just want to lift up business people, small business people. I want to lift up those that are in fear concerning the virus. Uh, Father, these two groups, Lord, this can be an opportunity for them to find Jesus if they don't know Jesus. So, Lord, I lift them up and I ask that you work on their hearts and that you send laborers to them for this can be such a time for them that they need you and they recognize they need you. And that they will know that you can solve every problem. That you can eradicate fear. That you can meet people's needs supernaturally. And especially, Father, that they know that eternal life can belong to them. So I lift up business people and people that are in fear. And Father, we just thank you for ministering to that group of people. And then, Father, thank you that you helped me to minister the word today. In Jesus' precious name, amen. I'm going to be sharing today on some spiritual things, but also some, some things that are relevant outside the church. And so this word represent, I want to say a few things about the word represent, and I'll let you know what we're going to look at. But represent, if someone such like a lawyer represents a person or a group of people, they, what they do is they act on behalf of that person. So an example even would be like if there's a really high-profile person 
that possibly needs, they have a court case and they need a good lawyer, and sometimes lawyers, if they think, hey, there's a chance to win, they'll even compete to get that client because it's real high profile. And the lawyers, what they do is they represent that client and they do every single thing to represent that client the best they can. And, and then another uh, example that I was thinking about when it comes to representing, we, we have the Olympics going on. And so these athletes that are in the Olympics, they represent their country. So I just kind of was looking and I, I found these two, two Aussies here. Look at, you, you look at these two Aussies and you see the flag behind them. They're just like really proud to represent their country. And then just the other day, uh, this lady in America, Tamara's her name, uh, she was the first lady that I think that won a gold medal for wrestling. And you just see her like she's so proud to represent her country. And she was interviewed and she said, I love my country, I love the flag. They're, they're repre she's representing. So here's what I wanted to speak on to, today, and that is who do and how do we represent? Who do and how do, kind of sounds funny, do we represent? So there's like a competition going on for Christians. Christians are like being pulled by numerous things, pulled in different places, and we're at a time where choices, like it's time to make choices. And I was, it just was in my spirit, like who are we ultimately representing in these days that we're living in? And then how do we represent the one that we are representing? And I think it's important for every Christian to make those kind of decisions on who they want, how, who are they gonna represent, and then how are they gonna do it? So I'm gonna look at this in a roundabout way, and what I wanna do is I wanna show really the times that we're in and how urgent it is for us to make decisions on who we represent and how we do that. So I'm starting off with an odd scripture for this, and it's in James chapter five and verse seven. It says, be patient therefore, brothers, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, being patient about it until he receives the early and the latter rain. So let's answer a few questions here. Who's the farmer? Who is the fruit? How does he receive the fruit? What does the rain represent? So the farmer is the Lord. The precious fruit are the people that Jesus died to save. The reason the Lord patiently waits is because the fruit is precious. The way he receives the fruit is when he welcomes believers into heaven. The spirits of men and women who were born again, who were saved on the earth. That's the way that he receives the fruit. And so we're going to look at the rain a little bit later. I'm going to save that for later. But he's waiting to receive both the early and the latter rain and clue. This is a little clue for a little later. The rain isn't the harvest, though it's needed for harvest. So let's just review this. God is the creator of all things. His prized creation is man, mankind, man and woman. He sent his only son to die, really simple, in order to redeem us because we're his prized creation. And so here's an important statement here. We presently have the mission of all ongoing missions on earth. 
I'll say that one more time. We presently have the mission of all ongoing missions on this earth. So here's something that, that came into my heart about this. To God, people are the precious fruit of the earth. People are the only reason God is waiting to send Jesus back to earth to take us home. Why? Because he wants more people to come with us. So if we understand God's heart, his purpose, and how we fit in, if we understand that, it gives us purpose. And, and so we want to look at some of that. We, we, it's, we really see the necessity that we're to represent him. And we could ask the question, like, why is it so important now? And that's because of the time we're in. So I want to show you, like, a, a man by the name of Clarence Larkin. He makes charts. And so he makes many charts, and I could show you a bunch of them, but I'm going to show you one chart because this chart will help every Christian understand the critical time that we're in. So if, if you could put that chart up and look at it, and you can just go to Clarence Larkin. You see down there, that's his name on the bottom left. He's from Pennsylvania, Philadelphia. And, uh, and so if you look at that, what you really see there, if you see the top left, there's that little half circle, and it has these lines coming down. The first day, the second day, the third day, the fourth day, the fifth day. Now, some people may question, and the Bible even said there's going to be people that mock, that where's Jesus at? Why hasn't he come back? But this... Here's what we have here going for us. There's history here. So isn't it interesting that you see on the bottom there as those days come down, those are 2,000-year segments, those first three. And then there's divided 1,000 years. So because now we can look back to history, we see that there was, uh, there was the time of conscience. There's the time, the dispensation of conscience, the dispensation of law. And now we're in the church age of grace. So these previous ones are 4,000 years, and there's like these 1,000, in, inside the 2,000 years, there's 1,000-year segments. I won't take a lot of time on that because there's other things I want to look at, but here's, here's what I want to say. We've, we've had about 2,000 years with the church. And if that isn't enough, because we have history to go back on to, to convince everyone that we're very close to Jesus coming back, and these are urgent times. So, uh, so this is uh, w what we want to talk about today. So here's a, a statement. Understanding how close we are can remove many fears as we look at what is developing out in the world. If you really understand how close we are, because for some of us, we're seeing things, we're seeing changes, and we're seeing things with governments and global issues and various things like that, and it can really be concerning, but if we really understand the time that we're in, it can really remove many of those fears because the Bible says to look up, your redemption draws nigh in a time like this. So here's 1 Peter 1.17. I'm just reminding you guys of things that you should know. It says, remember that your heavenly Father to whom you pray has no favorites. I thought I was his favorite, but then I got corrected there. Uh, he will judge or reward you according to what you do. So you must live in reverent fear during your time here as temporary residents. That's another scripture that it, it just shows us the urgency of the time. And it tells us that we're just temporary here on the earth. And so, you know, when people think about building a life, 
Uh, you know, and especially, I know when we were younger, we, you think that a lot more, but now after many years, you know, and you, you stay, keep reading God's word, you, th you know, you're thinking way more about, you know, the, the eternal life, and you, you know that many of the things on the earth, we're not taking them with, we're not taking that with us. Uh, it's not going to come with us. So uh, let's just look at some of these things now. So I'm going to continue with this assumption from here on in that all of us here, everyone listening, that we all have chose to serve him over other options. So that brings us to what we really want to look at. How do we represent him appropriately? And so 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 18, it says, and all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. Such powerful verses of scripture. And these verses... Uh, are a beginning on when we think about, well, how do we appropriately represent him? Here's the first thing uh, that we'll look at. You want to get full of the message and the mission. And so I noticed that uh, in 2 Corinthians 5.18, the, the second part, it says God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. Then I notice in verse 19, the, se the second part, uh, it says, and he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. And so something I saw that I've never really noticed before, we see the first part is, the, we see how clear the mission, the, the mission is in verse 18. He gave us the task of reconciling people to himself. But then we secondly see in verse 19 that we have to be full of the wonderful message. So we want to be full of the message and full of the mission. We have a task to reconcile people back to God. We were reconciled back to God. It tells us that this was a gift from God who brought us back to himself. And now that we're back, he's given us this same task that we need to reconcile people. We want to be full of that mission and we want to be full of the message. So um, uh, we've had, we had Mark Hankins a few weeks ago and he made a statement about how revelation fuels dedication. Well, I just want to say something more about that, that revelation, the same revelation that fuels dedication also reveals to us and fuels us in everything, including our mission. And so when our mission becomes revelation, in other words, it's not a duty, but it's revelation that we're here on the earth and we have a mission and that's to reconcile people to God, that is fuel and it drives us without guilt or condemnation, without pressure, it, it's on the inside, reconcile people to God. So I went through like these different stages before I was saved, and I'm going to tell you about them. And this Second Kings, you know, verse 17 and uh, ch chapter 17 and verse 33, I'm going to like use this to, t to tell you about my experiences. It says, though they worshiped the Lord, they continued to follow their own gods according to the religious customs of the nations from which they came. 
So you see that they were worshiping the Lord, but they still continued in their own gods. And so I went through these different stages. My heroes before I was a Christian were Arnold Schwarzenegger and Lou Ferrigno for bodybuilding. Then I had John Travolta for disco dancing. And then I had many different music groups and artists for music. They were like the groups and the artists were my heroes. John Travolta was my disco hero. And then Arnold Schwarzenegger and Lou Ferrigno, they were the bodybuilding heroes. Then I became a born-again Christian, and I switched over to the NFL, U.S. football. And I made a team my favorite and every player on there. They were like my heroes. I, I had a new set of heroes. I could name every player on the football team. I didn't even need to look at a piece of paper. There was 52 or three guys on the team. I could name every one of them. I could go through the offensive line, the first string, all the positions. I knew mostly how almost all the 53, how tall they were, how much they weighed. They were like heroes to me. And I was a Christian at the time. So uh, here's something to know that what we are full of is what comes out consistently, accurately, and fervently. And I could talk football consistently, accurately, and fervently because I was so full of it. And whatever we're full of is what comes out. So First uh, John in 2.28, it says, And now, little children, abide in him so that when he appears, we may have confidence and not shrink from him in shame at his coming. Well, how interesting that is, uh, that I don't think any Christian would want to do that when Jesus comes back. Now, that word abide there, it means to stay, to continue, to dwell, lodge, sojourn, to remain, to rest, settle, to last, to endure, to survive, to continue, unchanged, to be permanent, to persevere, to be constant, it's be steadfast, to abide, to be close, to be in close, and settled union to wait for. So quite a word, it can, it can mean quite a few things. So we're instructed to abide in him that way. So this just came into my heart when I read that verse. There is an abiding that brings us confidence at his appearance. I'll say it one more time. There's an abiding in him that brings us confidence at his appearance. And let's just read that verse one more time because I think you'll see when that statement came, it says, now little children abide in him so that when he appears we may have confidence and not shrink from him in shame at his coming. So there is an abiding in him that brings confidence for each Christian when he returns. And uh, so it's, it, and, and I, I like to say this, anything the Bible tells us to do, God wouldn't tell us to do anything if he wouldn't give us grace and the ability to do it. And so if he says that we can abide in him that way, then we can do it. So this, this continued dwelling to remain in, to be full of, so here's just some things that, you know, we all have to make these choices. Do we want a movie star to take his place? Do we want a musician to take his place? Do we want an athlete to take his place? Do we want a politician, a political system? Or do we want him to be in that place? Uh, 
So like one of my brother's daughters a while back told me, like oh, years ago, she said, the greatest thing that ever happened in my life was One Direction. And I've told this story before. That's a music group. And, and you know, I was just back in my hometown visiting my family, and she was, you know, my younger niece. And I said, well, that that's shouldn't be. I said, Jesus should be the greatest thing that ever happened in your life. She goes, but you know what I mean. Well, today she's married, and she has a child on the way, and she's really in love with Jesus. But I had to say something. Because, you know, the greatest thing in anyone's life as far as what changed our lives, it should be Jesus. And, and so that's just, it's up to us. So we could say it this way, along these lines, uh, we could either say with Jesus, it's addition, we add him, or it's submission, we submit to him. And so some people add him. I was one of those people for a while. Will you add him? And to be honest with you, it's, it's an everyday thing. So it, it never ends. Do we add him? Is it addition or is it submission uh, where he becomes everything? And I think we're living in days we're, we're close, and it's a time to not have him added to our life, but it's a time to submit to him and make him our life. So uh, I wanted to just say a few things about today and the environment that we're living in. I'm very aware of what's going on, and I think a lot of people are. Some people, I know there's, you know, we used to be in a singing group, and, uh, and one of the guys in the group, we always laughed about him because um, there could be something major going on in the singing group, and he was like, always like totally unaware. He just had such a pure heart. And so like, there's like this major, people aren't getting along, and there's strife, and say, you know, and, and, and he goes, oh, I never knew that was going on. And, and so there's people out there that, like, there's major things happening with global things and, and countries, and, and they're just like, Whoa. <laughs> they don't know what's going on. But then there's other people that are very aware, and I'm very aware of everything going on around the world, and, uh, so, and, and I, think, I think many people are. So here's, like, it seems like we're now in a world that has two sides, and even sometimes amongst Christians. So I'll give you some examples. These are just ongoing things that I've, I've heard and I've been a part of. If you wear a mask, you have no faith. But if you don't wear a mask, these are the two sides. You hate people because you're spreading the virus. There's like two of these sides. If you get the vaccine, you have no faith. If you don't get the vaccine, you hate people because you're spreading the virus. And then, then you notice that people are in fear and we prayed for people. And and everyone, you know, like, so if you are not in fear and you look down on somebody that's in fear, you, you have no compassion. But there's these, the, 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 this is going on right now. Uh, the same thing is like, you know, some people don't know what's going on. They don't care. There's other people that are very aware and then they get upset and they get angry and then they're angry at the government. So I'm just going to speak to some of these things today based upon what our mission is. So it's really easy to become an angry Christian with all that's going on, okay? So here's uh, what I, the way that I like to speak about this. I want to talk about the benefits of be, being full of the mission and full of the message because that really is an answer to what I'm talking about. Now, I made some changes in my life and my daughters even 
mentioned it to my wife. And I think they told me. They said, boy, you're different. And you know, because I had to make a choice to, to what am I going to be full of? And if I'm full of the wrong stuff, I'm, I'm like everyone else. I can get really angry. And so I had to make some changes, and I started that off by praying. I increased my prayer, and then I increased, I, I changed the, the majority of what I'm feeding on. So I am aware of what's going on, but I'm feeding on, I'm praying, and I'm feeding on the right stuff. I want to be full of the mission and full of the message, okay? So here's a, a true statement that we could make for every, every person that lives in Australia. We are citizens of both heaven and Australia. And then we can say this because we became citizens, I don't know how many years ago, but we recently read the documentation, and there's no doubt about it. Every citizen in Australia has a right to speak. There's free speech, and every citizen has a right to speak and say what they think. And so that includes Christians, but we want to represent him appropriately. So... Here's a little bit of my testimony. Uh, as, an Aus, you know, as a citizen of Australia, I'm active. So in the last couple months, I wrote two emails to the local MP. I called the local MP. I attended two police functions. I marched with a pro-life peaceful protest. And then our church building has been used for various things along the way too to help out in that area. So I believe in representing him appropriately, but I also believe in speaking and, and being active in the other area. So I care, and, and I will continue to participate that way. But here's what I mentioned a little earlier. A while back, I was beginning, and when I say a while back, I'm talking, you know, back in January, I think it was, I was, I was angry. And my wife certainly noticed it, because I was feeding more on the wrong stuff. You know, you want to be aware and keep up, but you don't want to get so full that it makes you angry. And so I noticed that, and it, and, and it was about policies, and it was about legislation, and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, and why was I angry? Because I was more full of that than, and, and I thought the government was doing wrong things, even in more than one country. And I was not full of the message. So look at this in 1 Timothy in 6 and verse 1. This helps me. It says, let all who are under a yoke as bondservants regard their own masters as worthy of all honor, so that, and the so that's really big, that the name of God and teaching may not be reviled. And so think about it, you know, and... And I think you can all relate. If whoever grew up in this country, the, the liberties and the freedoms and all, you take it for granted and they're always there. And so when it's kind of like they say, if, you take some, if a baby's playing with something and you take it away, make sure you have something else to give because if you take something away that they're having fun with, they're going to start crying, you know. So have something ready. Well, I think for anyone that lives in a country that's totally free, if liberties are taking, it can, of course, make you angry. So that can happen. But I, I want, put yourself in the situation back in the early days 
of the church. And think about there were people that were servants, bond servants. Now, some translations say slaves. They were under the yoke of slavery or bond servants. And this is, if I trust that this really becomes real. This message is so important to God that he's actually telling these people this, that are not in the best situation. He's saying, regard your own masters as worthy of all honor. And here's the reason, so that the name of God and the teaching may not be reviled. And so we are living in challenging times, and it's really easy to get angry. But if you look at it, we have quite a bit, and we're not in this situation. So if this group of people way back then can do this, then I believe as Christians, we can do this. Okay? So, so I'll continue to be active but my attitude and the way that I talk and the way that I represent him, uh, maybe say it this way, if I make a statement, can I follow that statement the way that I say it and say, hey, I'd like to share Jesus with you. Because if I can't, if, if I talk in such a way that I erase all possibilities of sharing Jesus, then I, I didn't represent him properly. And it means so much to God. He says, why, why, are you, why do you give honor to those that are actually enslave you so that the name of God and the teaching may not be reviled. So here's a statement here. Being full of him and the message eliminates our anger, resentment, disappointment, and so on. And, and that's really what began to work in my life. So I can talk with people and talk about situations, but I will not lose my joy, I will not lose my peace, and I will not let anger affect me I want to remember who I'm representing and so why because our influence depends on it so I like to say it this way it's the message that works on the hearts of people me giving an opinion about what's going on in the other areas that doesn't work on people's hearts the message that we have is what works on the hearts of people. And so we have to remember that we may, we can, we can have healthy discussion about what's right and what's wrong, and we can talk about all that, but that isn't even the message that is going to get somebody saved. So if we win a message about pro-life, if, if somebody, if somebody uh, believes in abortion and we believe in not abortion and we have this big discussion and it's really intense, but we, they say, I think, I think I see that for the first time. Great, but you know what? You still have to give them the message for them to get saved. So even if you win that argument, you still have to remember it's the message, the good news message is what works on people's hearts so they come to Jesus. So we just have to uh, remember these things. So here are just to... to uh, in closing today, I want to give you about four things that, um, that we can, that it's the benefits of being full of the right message and being full of the mission. So here's the first thing, it, it, uh, and I can speak from uh, experience. Firstly, it eliminates anger. And, and so you've, you've heard firsthand from me that I, I needed some anger eliminated now look at this scripture here, James 1 and verse 20. It says, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. And so like, if you're full of the mission and you're full of the message, 
and you're full of God and his love, then, you know, what's the goal? It's you want to produce the, you want to pull other people into the kingdom. You want to help get them established in God. Here's another translation of the same verse. Human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. And so being angry about things is not producing the righteousness that God desires. So I'm going to just, let's look at another one here. I forgot to charge my iPad, so I had to bring paper today. Um, I'm going to just tell you a little story about, um, we're talking about how you can eliminate anger. So where we live, we, the neighbors, you know, we decided to start praying for our neighbors for their salvation. But before we did that, uh, I was talking to the neighbor that lives right next door to us. He's retired. He's a little older than I am. And we have different views and somehow we got into those views, and uh, I let out some anger. This is like months ago before I decided to make a change, and he kind of went in his house, you know, a little quicker maybe than he did previously, and I thought I, I kind of messed that up, <clears throat> but um, we, we um, on our prayer evangelism night, and, and I in- encourage you to go back and listen to that on our website, but there, there was like a sheet of paper that was passed out, and on that, you could write the names of the people that you want to pray for. So interesting, Patsy and I weren't watching, but she wrote all the names she wanted to pray for, and I wrote, and they were exactly the same, and they were our neighbors. Because, hey, let's start with your neighbors. You know, they need to be saved. So um, this is one of our neighbors. That happened after I let the anger out. And then what we do now is when we, every time we, when we eat together, every time we sit down to eat, before I pray for the food, I thank the Lord. I thank the Lord, first of all, we thank God that we're healed by the stripes of Jesus, healing in our body. We pray, we thank God that our children are healed by the stripes of Jesus. Then we declare that our, our, where we live is paid for. Uh, we call it our, we call our mortgage paid off. Then we declare that 19 Tomer Place belongs to Rama Family Church. Uh, and then uh, we, we started to pray for our neighbors. So now, be, and then we pray for the food. So we're, this is like a thing that we're doing now uh, in a, consistently. So that, that's a great time, you know, sit down and before you eat, you know, and if you really are hungry, you might even pray a little more fervently to get finished. <laughs> but so we're doing that on a consistent basis. So we start praying for the neighbors. So I just want to say that I realized when I let the anger out that he no longer wanted to listen to me, but I also realized I could not have shared Jesus with him so now he we were actually working in our backyard and he heard me and he came over and he said hey you need I have this uh, it was a, 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 a what do you call it like a, a a tool it was a tool it was an electric saw and and I was sawing by hand and he goes let me go get my electric saw and so then and and then he's been bringing I, I start bringing his trash bin back and he noticed that, so now I haven't brought our trash bin back for a while because he's bringing our trash. And we got this thing going now where we're, we're really getting along, and I thank God for that. But I realize if, if we start talking about politics or anything else, if I let anger out, it just ruins it. Very interesting to me, he, he brought up the fishers of men to me. And I thought, and I said, you know the fishers of men? He goes, well, yeah, I, 
I had something once and I took it to them. I, I, I gave it to them. He didn't use the word sowed. And I'm thinking, small world, and there's something to build on there. So, so the benefits of being full, it eliminates anger. Secondly, we see things through grace instead of the law. And you see in Romans chapter 5 and verse 8, it says, but God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And so I'm thinking about like Jesus walking on the earth and you have Mary Magdalene and she's on the verge of being stoned because what she did required stoning by the Jewish law. That's what, that's what was going to happen. Jesus comes up on the scene and he brought grace the Bible says he brought grace and truth to the earth. So Jesus comes up and he forgives her. And so I was thinking, uh, you know, when we disagree with those who practice sin, legislate it, so now I'm moving out of the Jewish thing and I'm moving back to all of us that live in the countries that we live in. When we disagree and we get angry at people that practice sin and even sometimes legislate it, when we walk away, how do we leave them? How do they see us? So I'm not saying that I want anything legislated that's bad for any country, but the main mission is to get people saved. So when Jesus walks up on, on the scene, instead of condemning Mary Magdalene for sinning, he brings grace and truth, and he forgives her, and now she's, she, well, not now, but she began to follow him and so you you see how do we represent Jesus and when you're full of the mission and you're full of the message and his love and compassion even though we might not agree with things we're going to talk and say things differently it will always leave a door open and will always have influence if we do that number three what happens is when we're full of the mission and we're full of the message, it kind of just has this effect where we seek his rewards and not rewards down on the earth. So I, we can say this, that we're redeemed by his finished work, but we're, we are rewarded by our ongoing works. So we are redeemed by his finished work but we are rewarded by our ongoing works. And Philippians 4.1 says, Therefore, my brothers, whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm thus in the Lord, my beloved. So this particular verse, there's numerous theologians and commentaries, and this is the verse that they, you've heard maybe of the soul winner's crown, that when we get up to heaven, there's going to be a crown for those that win souls. Well, this is the verse that they, uh, that, they, that they came up with, the soul winner's crown. So he says, whom I love and long for, my joy and crown. So regardless, maybe you have a different view of that verse, but regardless, here's one thing we have to acknowledge. People and not things should be our joy and crown while we're here. We're temporary residents and people. See, especially these are the people that he led to the Lord. And the people that he led to the Lord, he said, you're my joy and you're my crown. 
So we are rewarded in the future for leading people to Jesus, to leading them into salvation. There's rewards in the future. When you're full of the mission and you're full of the message and full of him, you also get more aware of long-term and future instead of short-term. Instead of being short-sighted, we become long-sighted and we're thinking about the future. We're thinking about eternity. And that's another benefit when we decide to get full of him and get full of the message. And then lastly, the fourth thing, and we could have gone on, but somewhere you have to uh, stop. There's so many things, but these are just four that came to me. The fourth thing is we pray as instructed. So I'd like to go back to this verse that we started on today, and that's in James chapter 5 and verse 7 again. And I have a few other verses, and then we're going to say a few things about that. So um, James 5, 7, it says, Be patient, therefore, brothers, until the coming of the Lord. And so many times I've said it, and I will never stop saying it, I believe Jesus is coming back, and I will not stop saying that. Uh, People might mock us, but Jesus is coming back. He's going to return. And then see how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth. Jesus is the farmer, and he's waiting for the precious fruit. It's people. Being patient about it until he receives the early and the latter rains. And then here's another, then I'm going to tell you about the rain here in a minute. Here's another verse, Joel 2 and verse 23. It says, Be glad then, ye children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God, for he has given you the former rain moderately, and he will cause to come down for you the rain, the former rain and the latter rain. And so, first of all, notice that it says children of Zion. And so one thing about the children of Zion, the way that it says it, in the Bible there's Mount Sinai and then there's Mount Zion. Well, Sinai was a place of fear, trembling and fear, the Bible says, but Mount Zion is the place for Christians. It's, it's different than that. It's, it, one represents the law and the other represents grace. So when he's saying, you children of Zion, this is prophetic. This is not just talking about then. So, so he, this is a prophetic thing, and, he, and he, what's, what's he saying here? He gave you the former rain moderately. When did that happen? Well, on the day of Pentecost, when the Spirit of God flooded the earth, that, is when the, that was when the former rain started. And what happened? People got filled with the Holy Spirit. They spoke in other tongues. 3,000 people got saved. It was the beginning of the, and that was the former rain. And so what he's saying here is there's going to be a, there's the latter rain. Now we're in the days of the latter rain. Okay, so, so then look at this verse, and, I'll, and we'll say more about the rain. Zechariah 10, 1, it says, Ask the Lord for rain in the time of the latter rain. Ask the Lord for rain in the time of the latter rain. So you, you see, we're in those days. It's the time of the latter rain, and we have specific instructions that ask the Lord for rain in the time of the latter rain. And so we're going to do that today, but I want to just say a few things about rain. So what is the rain? 
what's it symbolic of? Well, the rain is not fruit. The rain is what the fruit needs to be ready for harvest. So the rain is really simply, it's God's grace, his anointing, the spirit of God, the presence of God, the ability of God, his power poured out on us and, and on the precious fruit. Both us, those of us that are saved, we need all of that. But then he, his presence coming down on the precious fruit. Uh, you know, I was thinking, I, I was, when, when we were dry, driving here uh, today, I said, Patsy, help me remember this, but the great Welsh revival, isn't it true that the presence of God I read a long time ago, and I wanted to make sure the presence of God fell on a city, on on real estate, and it was so strong that the brothels closed, the pubs closed, people were falling under the power on sidewalks and on streets. That's the rain. That's the and and so, so what you know. To, we have to decide what do we want to be the most full of and what do we want to focus on. I'll tell you what fixes everything. You know, we, we can argue and we can fight and we can get angry or we can ask for rain and the presence of God can come down to the degree that it's so powerful that the pubs close without anyone. They closed because everyone got saved. There wasn't anyone to go there. The brothels closed because everyone was getting, there wasn't anyone to give them business. That's another way. And, I, and, you, and you know, it's, it's a way to get more people to go, to, to, to go with us to heaven. And, and he's patiently waiting for the precious fruit. So, this reminds me that it's not by our power or by our might, but it's by the Spirit. So when he says, in the time of the latter rain, ask ask for rain and, and, and so you know we have we have these decisions to make we have these choices I, I'm like any other person it's so easy to go one way and and I and you know but then it's a little more challenging to go the other way because I have to cast my cares on the Lord I have to trust him for certain things that I see going on and then I have to you put your flesh under and you say I'm, I'm gonna pray I'm gonna seek God I, I, want, I want to be in my place. I, I want to be full of the message, the good news. I, I want to be instant in season, out of season, as the Bible says. So it reminds us that it's not, it's not our, our ability, it's not our power, but it's by the Spirit of God. We need Him. We need Him all over us. We need Him. We need Him to just, we need, He's in us. But it's different, you understand, He's in us. And we have all, we're a spirit being, all of those things. But it's, it's just different when there's an outpouring. So when I say that we need him, we have him. I, w I want you to know that I'm not changing my beliefs or doctrine. We have him. But what really would, is wonderful is when there is an outpouring. So when I say we need, that, that is when it comes all over us. It comes over lost people. It, it's, it's a totally different thing. Why, why not? Like, like, why not? Why, why think small? Why don't we think big? If, if they had it in England many years ago, the Welsh Revival, why can't we have it? This is the, the great Southland of the Holy Spirit. Why, 
Why not Australia? Why not have that kind of a move? Why not have that kind of an outpouring? Let's, let's like go up in our believing. Let's think big, pray big, believe big. So we're going to, today we're, we're going to pray here in a few minutes for that. What I want to do right now is I just want to make sure because like after saying so much about precious fruit and about coming into the kingdom of God, I just want to make sure if anyone's listening and you do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord, I want to pray and help you to get to that place where you make him your Lord. And the the Bible says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that God raised Jesus from the dead, you'll be saved. Some may, you might say, well, that's just too easy. Well, let's analyze it a little bit. What that is saying is if you have your faith or confidence in anything else, you're required to turn. When we talk about repentance a lot, it's repentance from dead works. So any, anything you've ever trusted, church membership, doing good works, you, you are required to turn from that and you're required to put faith in God. So it's not quite as simple and, and it's something. I did it. You can do it if you want to. So when I pray this prayer, it's like, remember, you're turning from everything else and you're saying, I believe God raised Jesus from the dead and I'm going to confess him and he's going to be my Lord and Savior. So let's, let's pray. Uh, Heavenly Father, thank you that you sent your son. Jesus, thank you that you came. You were obedient. Jesus, I believe God raised you from the dead. You are welcome in my heart. You're welcome in my life. Thank you that you died for me. I receive you as my Lord. Amen. Praise God. I'm just going to have Andy sing, and then we're going to pray for the rain. Let it rain. Let it rain. Open the floodgates of heaven. Let it rain. Let it rain. Open the floodgates of heaven. Let it rain. Let it rain. We ask for it. Open the floodgates of heaven. And let it rain, let it rain. Yes, Heavenly Father, we come to you, and we come to you based on the fact that you said when we pray, you hear us. So, Father, thank you that you're hearing us. I thank you that you heard that song. It was a prayer song, and you heard that. Father, we ask for rain in the day of the latter rain. 
We have your spirit on the inside, Father, but we're asking that you pour your spirit upon us. Uh, Father, we thank you that the spirit upon empowers us to do miracles, hallelujah. People walking in a power that they've not previously walked in, operating in the gifts of the spirit, the gifts of healings, the working of miracles, Father. We thank you this, this, when the spirit manifests, those things happen, Father. We thank you that you pour your rain out on the lost people, people that are in fear, people that are lost, people that are confused, Father. We ask for rain that you pour your rain out. Father, that you pour your rain out in this area that we're living, but you pour your rain out in all of Queensland, across all of Australia. Father, we ask for rain. We ask for a move, Father, that you would move, that your spirit would be poured out. It's the days of the latter rain, Lord, and we thank you. We thank you, Lord, for rain. We thank you for the rain of your Holy Spirit, the rain of power, hallelujah. Thank you so much, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you. In Jesus' name. And so that's just an example on what you can do every single day in your in your home. Now, uh, Marissa's coming with a few final announcements, and we represent him with excellence. He's our Lord. Amen. If you would like more information or resources on this or other topics, or if you would like to sow into this ministry financially to help us share messages just like this one each week, please visit our website at brainer.org.au.